Welcome to the Velvet Hammer podcast by David Brunell. Today, I wanted to tell you a story when I was on the search and rescue team. We got a call one evening for a gal named Joyce who had been lost up in Custer State Park. And so Custer State Park has a bunch of very vertical uh, cliffs, mountains, peaks. A lot of climbers go there. It tops out at about 7,000 feet, so it's not extremely high, but it's extremely vertical. There's one area that's actually called the Needles, and this is similar to the area where she was lost. So Joyce was about 65 years old. She had come down from Chicago with her family on vacation, and the family went up the trail in the afternoon and told Joyce because she was older and they they were worried about her, uh, they didn't want her to go on the nine-mile hike that would take them to the top of this one area. So they took off on their little trip, and uh, next thing you know, uh, Joyce heads out on her own. We got the call at about 2 o'clock in the morning, following the day after she had gone up the trail, and nobody could find her. The Custer Search and Rescue Team, Custer County, was up there. I was a member of the Pennington County Search and Rescue Team, which is the Mount Rushmore area. We had an extremely good-sized team and very, very good training a lot of instructors from National Association of Search and Rescue, of which I was one. We, I was a dive rescue international instructor at the time as well, but of course there's no water, so it didn't really matter. But the point is we had a lot of quality people that could really uh, commit themselves to a, a, a search or we did vehicle extrication, all kinds of different things. So we got called to supplement the Custer County team because they were kind of burn, burning out. They had to go up and down this mountain nine miles sections at a time, or nine miles at a time, and it was just burning everybody out. So we got on scene in the uh, early morning hours of the next day. I took a trail with two other guys. One of the guys I was with was named Carl, and the other guy was named Steve. Steve was a dentist, and Carl was in the Air Force with me. As we went up the trail, we couldn't find anything. We kept on shouting out for Joyce, which was you know her first name. And we finished a, a good section of the trail we were on and came back to the bus Everybody said, why don't you just rack out until tomorrow morning we'll head out again. And I thought, you know, that's probably not a good idea. We need to take another section. We'll take another trail. And then we'll come back after that and see how we feel. The other two guys completely agreed. So we went up another trail and we came to this fork in this trail. And I looked at Carl and I looked at Steve and I said, left or right? And Carl who was a very religious guy and a very spiritual man, he said to me, he said, why don't we um, say a prayer so we know which way to go? And I thought, you know, okay, well, we could do that, but sometimes God wants you to act on your own and use your brain. And, you know, I started to think that way in the back of my mind and not verbalize it. And I looked at Carl and I said, that's a good idea. Because I do believe it was a good idea. I just immediately kind of the natural dude came out and I was like, yeah. Let's just pick us left or right. So we knelt down and Carl offered the prayer. And he just basically asked that we could find Joyce, that we'd be inspired to know which direction to go. We got up off our knees after praying and I looked at Carl and I said, which way? And he goes, well, I don't know. What do you think? And I said, choose the right. And so we went to the right side of the trail and as it forked off and it kind of led over to, it was really pitch black still. It kind of led over to a really steep, steep series of cliffs, probably 500 vertical feet. And we were calling out, Joyce, Joyce. And 
All of a sudden, we heard a voice respond to us, and it said, Here I am. We looked at each other, almost like a cartoon character, you know, whoop, <laughs> did you hear that? Did I? Yeah, I heard that. And we didn't say that, but our visuals, our eyes, you know, our body language was were just, I mean, we stood up on our, on our toes, kind of looking up at each other, like, did you hear that? Because we had, you know, we had been at this for several hours, and the Custer team had been at it for even longer. We could not see her, but we yelled to her to stay where she was at. One of the interesting phenomenons on a rescue, a search and rescue, is when you find the victim or the person who's lost, oftentimes they run towards you. And at night, with a 500-foot vertical drop, not necessarily the best thing that she could have done. So we told her to stay where she was at. We were coming to her to keep talking to us. And we found her a few hundred yards up the trail right next to one of the cliffs. And she was uncontrollably shaking. She had hypothermia. She did not have a coat. This was in the fall time frame up in the Black Hills, so it can be really cold. And which is one of the reasons we pushed another section of the trail because we knew she was older and we didn't think she had a coat with her. We weren't sure. And we wanted to make sure we could do whatever we could to try to find her. When we got to her, some funny things happened. I was carrying a pretty good survival kit in my uh, pack and I, I took it off and the other two boys uh, guys they ripped my stuff out and started tearing through it to make uh, a warm drink for Joyce and uh, it was kind of funny because they were so eager to help her it was kind of cool and we gave her our a jacket and a blanket and we wrapped her up and we talked to her and she seemed to be pretty good but she was definitely uncontrollably shaking we called down, and one of the best radio calls I've ever made was, we have found Joyce. She's conscious, alert, and breathing, and in good spirits. We do need to have some assistance in getting her down the mountain. So they sent up some other folks. Uh, she, we offered her a Stokes basket. You know, we could put her in, strap her in, and wheel her down. We had a wheel that went underneath it. She said she wanted to walk down on her own. And uh, so we put a rescuer on each side, left and right, and kind of held her arms and walked her down the mountain to her family. One of the best calls I had was the call where we got to go out and find Joyce. I'm impressed by the faith and the goodness of Carl and his ability to look beyond our mortal limitations and ask for a help from a, from a Heavenly Father, a higher power, someone who cares about us, loves us, and and can inspire us to make correct choices and decisions by His Spirit. I'm just sharing with you my simple experience where we were able to find somebody in very complex circumstances in a very dangerous environment by leveraging the powers of heaven. There comes a time, I think, when all of us, we fall upon our knees and we feel like we're being crushed or crumbled, and we then draw upon the powers of somebody we know or somebody we don't know in a personal relationship, our heavenly father, we we either have a relationship with him and it's estranged or we have a relationship with him and it's great or we don't have a relationship with him at all and things are so dire that we call out to him and we ask for his help and assistance. What really impressed me about this call and Carl was that it was kind of an ordinary thing we did all the time Yet Carl was able to identify that we needed some help in determining whether we should go left or right. I don't know what would have happened had we gone left. 
I'm not sure if in her condition with hyperthermia, she would have stumbled off the edge of that cliff. Who knows? And I'm, and I'm, and, and I believe the cup is always half full, but I'm grateful that we don't have to worry about that, that in this one instance, we were able to bring Joyce back safely to her family so she could return to Chicago. This is Jaeger. Have a great day. Out.